0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Spreading the Word. I'm your host, Paul Visanti And before we get started, this message that you're about to hear was one that I gave back in November of 2018, back at the height of the, the migrant caravan that was happening all across Central America leading up to the U.S. border. Now we can look back at it from a different perspective now, but the, the parallel that I drew out of it was the... Danger that these migrants were trying to escape in their lives in Central America seeking asylum in the U.S. relates very well to the dangers that we as Christians face in the world and how we should be seeking asylum with God to, um, to, to find that protection, to find that, that new life, to find that hope, and to, to realize the, the, the great Sabbath day of rest that God promised to us. So thanks for joining me today. Uh, We're going to jump right into it. Have you heard about the thousands of migrants who are part of this caravan who are walking towards the U.S. border right now? There are so many of them that have walked for thousands of miles coming from all over South America and many of them have different reasons. Some are escaping economic turmoil, some are looking to find work and provide for their family back home. Others are escaping a violent situation or an abusive situation. Some are just seeking a new start while others are looking for protection from some of the stuff they were facing back home. Well, when we think about what everything they're going through. Uh, it, it, it relates to me that we all have these things that are our own struggles or that we're trying to escape or that we're trying to remove ourselves from. But we might be pretty hard pressed to compare those to the, the real challenges of what these migrant workers are, are, are walking thousands of miles to seek asylum from. You know, in past episodes, we've talked about joy in trials and the depth of our trials and how that reveals the depth of our faith for God. We've talked even about the trials that we go through and how they produce godliness in us. Well, how does what we go through on a daily basis relate to what these migrant uh, asylum seekers are going through as they approach the U.S. border? You see, our relationship with the kingdom of God can be paired, compared quite well to the relationship that these asylum seekers have with the United States of America. The world that we live in as Christians, as, as people of faith, is a dangerous place, not just physically, but spiritually. Every day we face different temptations. We face our sins head on. We are presented with the things that entice us and, and we're faced with these things that are are snares to our spiritual life and that can trap us and that can cause harm to our souls. And every day we face the brokenness of our lives and the lives of those around us. And the Apostle Paul had similar experiences. His ministries often exposed him to to physical danger as well as spiritual danger. And when he writes to the church in Ephesians, starting chapter 2, verse 1, he says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world, and when the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. For it is by his grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done to the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time... You were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you, who were once far away, have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to those of you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you who are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises up to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives in his spirit. Think back to those migrants who are traveling across Central America. What would you be willing to do to seek asylum in the kingdom of God, in the protective relationship that that God offers His people, we tend to not take the sin and spiritual dangers in our life seriously enough. We don't treat them with the same level of uh, acknowledgement or or recognition of how bad they are that someone who's facing physical danger is. It's easy to relate to the physical dangers and, and, and snares in our life, but we don't tend to do that with our spiritual lives. Think about what's motivating these migrant migrants coming to the U.S. border in this caravan. There are things like hunger and danger. Uh, They're trying to provide for their families. They're seeking safety or shelter. They're ridding themselves of some corrupt situation that they're coming from. Maybe there's just some situation that they're trying to remove themselves from the country they came from. Maybe there's just a desire for them to seek something better. Well, when you look at the spiritual side of things, what is it that could drive us to the same lengths, to the same purposeful, intentioned and drastic actions? Maybe we have a desire for hungry or, or for meaning or, or purpose in our lives. Maybe we're subject to some kind of danger, our very souls being at risk. Maybe we have a desire to provide what's best for our families or we're seeking shelter from the spiritual forces of evil. Maybe we need to leave behind this corrupt and broken world and we are similarly seeking something better. Another passage comes to mind where in First Peter we hear about some similar struggles. In 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9, Peter writes, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into this wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits you. Peter here is likening our daily lives in the world as Christians to war He is likening everything that we go through to battle, to danger, to toil, to absolute opposition from the world. If that's the case, are we willing to wage war on the sin and temptations in our lives? Are we willing to go to the extreme lengths of these these migrants coming across Central America? to pursue the kingdom of God? Would we be willing to go to those same lengths? Would we be willing to subject ourselves to the type of trial and exertion that would be needed to do that? The world and the forces of evil throw everything at us that it possibly can every single moment. You can't be naive as a Christian to think that those things aren't out there and that on a moment-by-moment basis that we're subject to these these traps, these snares, this danger. Our response to that needs to be as dramatic and as forceful and as consistent as the dangers we're facing. Another passage in 2 Corinthians comes to mind, chapter 10, where Paul is writing a letter to the church church after, after getting a report of these, these super apostles who were opposing him and, and trying to convince the Corinthian church not to stick to his teaching. And so in chapter 10, verse 1, Paul writes, By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some of the people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought. And make it obedient to Christ. When Jesus went to the cross, he won the war for us. He he is victorious. That is undisputed. But the battles and skirmishes in the spiritual realm continue to this day. We are still battling for our souls. We don't have to go to the cross and win the war. That's already been done. But the ongoing battle for our souls is one that we are deeply, deeply involved in. We need to lean on the fact that Jesus has had that victory over sin and death. We need to lean on the fact that the war has been won. Our safety, our providence, our escape from sin, that is all found in the cross of Christ. That is found in that once and for all sacrifice. Our pursuit of the inheritance into God's kingdom should be mirror that or exceed that of these migrants who are striving towards the U.S. border. If they're willing to uproot themselves and, and take everything that they've lived for in their lives and just throw it all on the line to go and create a new life for themselves in the United States, how much more should we as Christians who are coming out of this life of sin and death and have been redeemed, how much more should we be striving for asylum How much more should we be seeking God's victory in our own lives and rooting out these traps and these dangers and this temptation of sin from our lives? God wants to bring us into his Sabbath rest in his kingdom, but we do need to pursue it. Although he's freely given us this gift, we must strive for it. He's not just going to... Forgive everyone of their sins uh, totally unconditionally without us accepting the fact that our lives should reflect a gratitude for that. It doesn't it doesn't just happen that God snaps his fingers one day and everyone is is saved of their sins. No, there's there's a, a covenant requirement on our side that requires us to live for God. How then do we seek this asylum? in God. How do we do this? The first thing we need to do is, is stop sinning. Repentance from our sin is the first step on our pilgrimage to asylum in God. We need to be willing to sacrifice what we currently have for what God has stored up for us. Think of the the pearl of great price. This, this man knows that there's this, this treasure that he, he can acquire, but he has to sell everything that he has in order to acquire it. And he does. And it's the same thing with us. If, if we know that the kingdom of heaven is available to us, but we just we could have this, this greatest treasure in the world, in heaven, uh, but we'd have to give up some of our sinful behaviors and our desires in order to have access to that kingdom of heaven, then we need to approach it with the same way. We need to be tireless in continually seeking God in our lives. The world and the demonic forces that we're subject to are tireless in tempting us and drawing us into a life of sin. And we need to be just as tireless in seeking God. But lean on the fact that Jesus has already been victorious. The war is already won. And we just need to get through these battles and skirmishes to demonstrate our faithfulness to God. We need to have hope that the inheritance that God has offered us is real and that it is worth all these things. Have that hope, know that God's faithfulness endures. And lastly, everything Jesus came to do was that so that we could be a part of God's promise of the inheritance He didn't do this just on a whim, but there was a purpose to what he did. He wanted to save us from the sin and death that ultimately separates us from God. And we can be a part of that. Consequently, you who are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Mm. So there we have it. How far are you willing to go for a life with Christ? How far are you willing to go to seek God in your life? We have an amazing example of these people who uprooted themselves to change the circumstances they were in. Sure, that was a physical situation, and their their physical lives were in danger, and and their families needed to be provided for, and all these things, but how much of us think about our spiritual lives in the same way how do we relate to the dangers that our souls face in the various situations we find ourselves in this world are we willing to uproot ourselves from some sinful patterns of behavior are we willing to repent and turn toward god and 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 strive for him in the face of opposition and unlikelihood of success and all these things that, that these migrants are, are facing, would we be willing to endure the same hardship for a spiritual benefit? And that's the question that we're really asking today. If you're a Christian and you're hearing this, what aspects of your life need to be uprooted so that you can strive towards a closer relationship with god what aspects of your life are posing a danger to your soul what things are in your life that could ensnare you and keep you from living a fulfilled life with god in his kingdom and if you're you're not a christian if you're not a believer then think about the ways in which your your life is just sort of floating along is there is there something else out there that you're striving for? Is there a question mark deep inside your your heart that you have this longing for an answer and purpose and meaning? Well, that, that purpose I would offer you is in God. And if you strive for him, he's already won the entire war. And the battles that you're facing on a daily basis could be so insignificant compared to the victory he's already won if you're in the kitchener area in ontario please reach out to us if you're interested in in knowing more or learning more or if you just need help if you're in a a tough situation and you could use someone to talk to or you need help with with something please feel free to reach out this is on facebook it's on twitter it's on instagram wherever you hear it reach out to us we'd love to hear you hear from you And as always, I thank you for joining me this week. We'll be back next week with another recording in Spreading the Word. Thanks. God bless.